Well, just a week ago, it looked like Toronto FC were going to run away with the Inter-Canadian MLS series currently being played and book their spot as the league's representative in the Voyagers Cup final. But a pair of somewhat ugly losses and all of a sudden the team is staring down what is basically a must-win game tomorrow in Montreal. If they're going to get themselves back in the driver's seat. My name is Mitchell Tierney. This is Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks, and we're glad you could join us wherever you are today for what promises to be a fairly fiery show after a disappointing week for Toronto FC. Rudy Schuler from DeZone Canada is our guest uh, this week, and uh, looking forward to getting his takes on all things Toronto FC. No Michael Singh this week, as you might be able to see. Uh, he's currently in a press conference with Greg Vanny. We're hoping, time permitting, to link up with him a little bit later, but uh, we'll see about that. Uh, but as always, joined by Jeffrey P. Nesker. Big platform for you today. Are you ready to some takes here? Uh, it's just the two of us, and uh, we yeah. can make it if we try, Mitch. But uh, <laughs> let's let's preface. Um, during the loss uh, on our Slack chat, uh, uh, you know, uh, you made a comment, Angry Jeff is the best Jeff. Looking forward to the show today. And uh, you know I want to be the dark prince of catastrophe. I want to be that for you. I want to be that for everybody. But we do need a preface. Uh, that this is a privilege to get up on our soapbox. We can't possibly know the specifics. You know, uh, uh, a good example is there's been some activity on our own uh, WTR boards over the last little while uh, with respect to Josie, uh, going all the way back to um, uh, his his lack of fitness in the uh, in the MLS uh, is back tournament. Um, so, you know, this is important because we're about to go macro on a very bad week. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege. We can speculate. I love speculation, but there has to be that margin for what we don't know. And and there's a lot of it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for for sure. It seems like, you know, and again, I don't want to speculate on anything, but it does seem like there's more to this story and more to a lot of what's going on right now. And, and certainly that's the case with, with the world as it is right now. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's always more going on for everyone. So um, yeah, I think that's a, that is a good uh, caveat to make certainly with, with the discussion that follows particularly as it pertains to uh, Josie Altador. But uh, yeah, as, as always, thanks to everyone for watching. Um, if you're in the zoom live audience, don't hesitate as always to throw questions and comments. Uh, George, we're looking, we're looking for you. <laughs> um, in the, well, in do you want to do a poll? Do you want to do our first poll? Your yes. Poll? Yeah. I think that, I think that's a good idea. All we right. So the, back this week. exactly. The first poll we've got is uh, how concerned are you that Toronto won't top the Canadian table? Very somewhat and not at all. And I am going to do my vote in a minute. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a temperature check, if you will, to to start off the show. See where see where everyone's at. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. Jeff, your your thoughts on on that? Uh, I mean, do you want to start with uh, what Ollie just announced, just to get that out of the way? Then no Canadian men's national teams until March, just to you know, as an amuse bouche sort of. Sure. Yeah. Well, why not? Um, yeah. As, as was kind of speculated on one soccer, well, not speculated. I mean, they had, <laughs> they had yeah. uh, Victor Montagliani on, uh, but pretty much confirmed at this point, uh, March looks like the next time we're going to see the Canadian men's national team. Um, I mean, I, I don't envy John Herdman right now. Yeah. That's got to be one of the most difficult jobs in, you know, in soccer, honestly, is keeping this team that has so much potential, but really needs time to play together and gel, you know, engaged and, and focused on what's a, what's a massive undertaking when they do eventually start this, this, you know, now very condensed and very long World Cup qualifying campaign. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it just screams that, you know, the logistics, this is an impossible mission, right, to do this kind of thing outside of a bubble. Uh, it seemed to me that September was like an arbitrary number, a wait and see kind of, or sorry, October, November. And as I was saying to producer Sonia, as we were warming up before we went live, um, you know, it, it, September seemed a far a long way in the summertime, but we're only weeks away, or sorry, October seemed far away in the summertime, but we're now only weeks away from it. And uh, this to me seems a clear indication that, you know, there's there were just too many moving parts and that, it's very easy to, to, to make a date, but in the reality of the world that we live in right now, um, you know, the, these dates come up fast and you, and you sometimes end up in the same place you were when you made the announcement. So, uh, you know, no fault to, to any of the people trying to organize this in the midst of a global pandemic. But my question is, does the team train at all until uh, the calendar year switches to 2021? That's a good point, actually. And, and what does that look like, right? Because there's so many travel restrictions. Certainly Canada is one of those countries that has massive travel restrictions, even with the guys coming home from the States, right? I mean, we saw that Alfonso Davies tweet trying to get Justin Trudeau to, to let him come home. But, um, you know, you think of guys like Mark Anthony Kay, you think of, you know, all the guys based in the States and those guys, even as they're very close to Canada, uh, it's tricky to get them home as well. So, yeah, again, it's going to be a massive undertaking for John Herdman over the next little bit. And and uh, this this just makes it that much more complicated that he now has to wait yep. so many more months to, to even see his players face-to-face -face again. Yeah, we're collecting asterisks. It's it's pretty crazy. Just, <laughs> just bring a sack so you can hold all your asterisks for all of this stuff. Um, all right, let's get to it. My thoughts on, uh, on, the, on this week that we've had. Whew! Um, I mean, you wrote in the rundown, defensive concerns are back in a big way. And I think that mm -hmm. that is a point that uh, I'd love to raise. Uh, you know, is MLS 4.12 going to be uh, team spending DP money on defenders? It, I mean, the pendulum's got a ship, right? Like everybody is buying top of the line attacking talent. And we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, the scale shift because, you know, we got found out our, our, our you know, uh, Vancouver is, is not the speediest team in the world. And, and we could say things about, you know, playing on turf and, and on all those, uh, all those, you know, intangibles, but they made us look, uh, they made us look ancient like dinosaurs out there uh, on the last game. So yeah, defensive concerns are back in a big way. And uh, you know, we're in a salary cap league, but uh, you know, is a, is a TAM defender is one TAM CB enough? to be a title winning team. Uh, look at LAFC, they got rid of, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Zimmerman? Was it Zimmerman? Yeah, mm -hmm. no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a hole in their defense like nobody's business right now, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's, that's not a lot of depth on defense when one guy moves out and you're, and you're completely different at the back. Yeah, absolutely, and I think, uh, I think we'll pick up my thoughts on this after, because I believe Rudy Schuler is here. Um, so Perfect. we can bring him on. Uh, Whenever he's available, but um, yeah, I know. I think I think defensive concerns are going to be a big a big topic on today's show because you know Toronto FC did enough to to win that game offensively, and then and obviously um, we're not able to to you know <laughs> uh, keep Vancouver from scoring, which obviously is is 
concerning considering Vancouver's uh, spot in, in the MLS pecking order at the moment. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that does look like uh, Rudy Schuler is here. Uh, can we hear him? Rudy, say something. Uh-oh. I think he's on mute. Looks like he's on mute, yeah. Do you want to flip your uh, your mute button off there, Rudy? Yeah, he, he flipped it off. Looks like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I heard a click. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. There perfect, we go. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking my earphones out. I don't know what's going on. I had a Bluetooth uh, technological nightmare in the last five minutes I've been trying to deal with. Yeah, so yeah. We learned our lesson, laptop, Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the old uh, the old joys of Zoom certainly always uh, always take place on this show. But uh, yeah, we very much appreciate you joining the show, Rudy. Um, wanted to wanted to start with you know Toronto FC. They come out in this inter Canadian MLS tournament through the first four games, and they're looking super comfortable. It looks like you know they're just going to cruise to this Voyagers Cup spot. We're talking about things like MLS regular season undefeated streak records. We're talking about clean sheets. Then all of a sudden this week happens and, and they start to slip a little bit. Um, you know, in, in your estimation, did they get too cocky? Did teams figure them out? What what kind of happened uh, that now they're going into basically a must-win game against Montreal tomorrow? Yeah, uh, it, I think it did get a little too easy for them. Uh, you know, they came out against Vancouver in that first game and looked like they could have scored 17 goals. Uh, it was only three, but... Uh, and then, you know, even in the second game where they looked... Both teams look tired. Uh, they were they still kind of walked to that, even though it was only a one 0 win. Um, and then they, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, it, it does look like again. I'll, I'll repeat it, it, it. It looks like things went a little too easily for them, and maybe they started wrestling on their laurels a little bit. I don't know what the case may be, um, but it's to me it looked like the same kind of issues came up in this mini. MLS is back, or not MLS is back, there's many phase one mm-hmm. uh, of the return to MLS regular season that was happened in, in MLS is back. Um, not enough squad rotation for my liking. Uh, so, like, there's no way of putting it you know, nicely, no way of sugarcoating it to me. The team is old, so you can't play uh, the same way you would as if you were playing a regular regular season uh, in terms of, you know, you have a game every week and you have that, that those six days to recover uh, and so on and so forth. You cannot simply put the same 11 or close to the same 11 out. I know it wasn't exactly the same, but close to the same 11 out every single week when six or seven of them are in their 30s and expect to play the same kind of game uh, and have the same kind of results. So, yes, uh, it, to me, it kind of mirrored it where, like, the first couple of games – uh, in the in the in this phase one all Canadian MLS kind of thing, um, they looked like world beaters, just like they did kind of in, in not so much in MLS is back because I think that was a, a little bit different because all the teams are kind of coming off this this long break, but they still look better than their opponents of the first two or three matches in MLS is back, and then everyone started kind of evening the playing field. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing now. Um, I also think that TFC is a little bit a little bit too predictable in in, in what they want to do. Um, and that's something that uh, I don't know if that's fixable right now with the roster they have, just because, you know, with, with, with the way the pandemic is going, you can't really go out and buy players and try put players on trial and that kind of thing because you have the 14-day uh, quarantine rules, and you can't really bring pieces in and kind of throw things to the wall. See what sticks now? You have to know exactly what you need. Hmm. Uh, I think they do know exactly what they need, but it's a lot harder to, to bring in now. 
Uh, they lead a little bit more width and they need to be a little bit more unpredictable. I don't know how that's going to work, but um, I do think that they have the pieces to do so. I, think, I feel that Greg Vanny needs to be more confident in the rest of his in the rest of his roster because I don't think he is right now. Uh, at least that's what he's shown together. Well, I mean, speaking about uh, squad rotation, uh, you know, there's a there's a missing there's a missing player, a six point five million dollar man yeah. in the squad. Uh, where do where do you fall on on the quickly uh, 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 growing steam Josie debate? And we also have a poll question to open it up for the audience. But do you think he's in a funk, or is this the beginning or middle or tail of the end? Did you hear me? Gee, um, that's more of a funk than the beginning of the end. I mean, obviously, he's almost 31 now, so it's getting closer to the end than it was, uh, obviously, when he signed when he was 25. Um, I think he's, he's, he's starting to learn now that it takes him a lot longer to bounce back than it used to. I mean, this is a guy who came into TFC. He was already injury-prone to begin with. Uh, you add five, six years, all those miles, um, you know, the stop-start nature of the, of the season, and, and, you know, you can train, you can't train, then he's in Florida, then he's in Toronto, and you can't train properly because he has to stay quarantined. I think that all of those all those factors put him behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel that he's still valuable to this team. I, honestly, I think he's the most important player on this team. Um, I know what, what, what that's made, but uh, when Josie's on, TFC is almost unbeatable. If not, they're you know they're top three in the league. They're up there with uh, you know Seattle and 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 whoever the other third is right now because mm-hmm. you know LAFC is not quite there right, right now. Um, but when he's on his game and he's he's engaged and he's you know he's not only just a goal threat but he's involving his other teammates with his passing and his hold up play. Um, he is you know an absolute game changer and he's he's worth the money they pay him. But unfortunately for TFC, he hasn't been on his game enough. Uh, to justify his minutes or whatever right now. So it's one of those things, it's, it's a real conundrum because, you know, he's on the top of the hill. He's, I wouldn't say he's over the hill just yet, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he's there. And I think they, they are trying to be overly cautious with him. Um, but it may have been to his detriment in, in, in that maybe you need to, maybe you just need to throw him out there and, and give him more minutes and, and, and see what can happen. And, you know, if he gets injured, I mean, that's, who cares? He's been like, you know, he's not playing. <laughs> Exactly. That's the nature of the beast. Give him 10 extra minutes. You know, you want to play him 20 minutes at the end of the game, give him 30 minutes at the end of the game. You want to play him 60 minutes to start the game, give him 70 minutes. I think it's long enough. We're, we're into September now. So mm-hmm. I think it's long enough and, and he's had enough time to, to get up to speed now. You can, you can still bring him along slowly, but not as slowly because, you know, we've seen how effective Pozuelo and Piatti are, mm-hmm. but to throw him in there and, and have him be effective as well, and be, uh, you know, even at 90% of what Josie Altidore for TFC would be an absolute game changer for TFCs. I like your positivity. Because, now is uh, time to throw caution with him and, and see what happens. And you can kind of reevaluate at the end of the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you sort of answered my question already. Uh, and it was, should TFC be active in the transfer market? And, and what should they, uh, what kind of players should they court? Uh, I know you've already answered this question, but I can't ignore that, you know, MLS teams are in an oper- they have a position to swoop in for better deals on players internationally right now because of the state of the transfer market. So, you know, bearing in mind the 14-day turnaround and stuff like that, if they have needs, why wouldn't they address them now? 
Yeah, because we don't even know what the schedule is going to look like. Uh, you know, we've all been hearing rumors that they're going to do phase two in New York, uh, which I guess gets rid of the, the quarantine issue anyway. So maybe that's the thing they're looking at. Uh, so maybe they wait because they only really have one more game in this, uh, in, in this Canadian portion of the, uh, of the, the MLS uh, return. Um, not including possible Warriors Kyle if they actually make it. I don't know what that happened. I don't even know what's happening there. We don't know where that's going to be, what that's going to happen, how that's going to tail. Uh, but just assuming that they go to Lorena and they, they play the rest of their season there, uh, I guess that does open up some avenues. Uh, to me, I think they – if they have the opportunity, they, they need some more width, especially on the back line. Um, you know, you see Richie Larea. This is another player that's really important. Uh, he gets injured, and then you have to rely on Auro and Justin Morrow all the time because he's their, both of their backups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that Nick DeLeon can play back there, and they try. Uh, you want both of those guys further forward. Of course, Schaffelberg is still young and, and cutting his teeth. Uh, DeLeon is, has mm-hmm. shown that he's a super sub, and he, he plays uh, a little bit better when it closes for the goal uh, much better offensively than defensively uh, so for me just getting another speedy kind of backup fullback uh, in the mold of, of those don't come along every day yeah yeah exactly someone they should probably be just to give uh, a little bit more variety to, to the attack so it's not every attack isn't flowing through you know Piatti on the right he goes to Pozuelo Pozuelo gives it back to him and see what happens because that seems to be what's happening every single time and it's easier to defend for, for opponents. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think we're a bit... Late no, late. Uh, no, a friend of mine uh, pointed out on, in the Vancouver game that, uh, you know, it, it, it behooved Piatti and Pozuelo to basically ignore everybody else on the field. Uh, and, and yeah. uh, you know, they, they were making exciting plays, but there was absolutely no finishing going on in the box. I mean, the most frustrating thing about that Vancouver game, aside from how found out we were on the defensive angle, was we, I mean, Vanny echoed the sentiment, we were not finishing our chances. You know, we were generating a lot of, a lot of traffic in front of the net, but we were taking, uh, you know, low, low uh, uh, quality shots or, or, uh, you know, passing it around, trying to look for that, that perfect, perfect uh, uh, penetrating through ball. And uh, there, you know, there were parts of the game where I was screaming, just pepper the net guys, just, you know, Hassal's a, he's on a hot streak right now. So just, just make him busy, you know, maybe something he's not, he's not the oldest, most experienced goalkeeper. So stop, you know, taking these, these highlight reel worthy shots and, uh, and, you know, just try to eke a, a messy one in, especially after what happened with that PK on the previous game, you know, stop, stop trying to be pretty and, and just pepper the net. Uh, <laughs> you know, mo- moving on to, to what is my last question for you, but I'm sure Mitch has some more. Um, do you think that this, this phase two restart is going to happen? That's my first part. And then the second part is if it does, what are the teams that TFC should be worried about? Well, uh, I do think it's going to happen because I think that MLS is just too focused on, on finishing whatever the season is. Uh, and the Canadian teams are, you know, it's either quit now or move to New York or wherever Vancouver is going. I guess Portland is the one that they're rumored to go to. Um, yeah, we don't even know exactly what it's going to look like, you know, so they'll mm-hmm. stay within their conferences. Um, so, you know, the Eastern teams, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, the Columbuses uh, look good. Um, Philadelphia, I think, especially if, if they're staying with the East Coast specifically, I think Philadelphia is the, the, the biggest challenger on that on that coast. I think that uh, 
the Red Bulls are still trying to figure things out, especially since they're, you know, they're going to the coaching carousel again. Mm -hmm. Um, NYCFC, they can put it together, uh, but I don't think they have yet, but they have the talent to. And then, uh, you know, you got your, you got your regular kind of, uh, you know, if Atlanta ever kind of figures things out, <laughs> depending on, on what they do, uh, mm-hmm. always a, a big threat. And then Orlando, who looks crazy. Yeah. So I'm just limiting it to the East Coast teams, but uh, those are the teams you kind of have to worry about. I, I do feel that TFC can, can compete with those teams. And, 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 you know, I do feel like this is more of a blip than, than, a, a trend. Okay. Uh, it's 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 tough to say because you know uh, I mentioned how old TFC is, but I, th- I feel like if they go back, if if there's a phase two, it probably won't be as congested as phase won't be as much of a sprint, um, and they won't they won't like simply they won't be traveling to the west coast like they have to do for Vancouver, which I think there was a a big deal for them on the weekend having to travel out there and then back, and then and of course they're going. To Montreal, so uh, and hmm. you know if, if they're all in one spot again, and it's not Orlando where it's a thousand degrees, yeah. and you know they're not playing at yeah. nine in the morning, they're playing at, at regular times. I think that will help. Uh, this team is not again. I, I think that it's it's what I use for Josie. It's like they're they're reaching the they're cresting the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. They're not quite over the hill yet, so I think that they they can they can they can still kind of compete at that level as long as they are kind of factors including the squad rotation because i do think that there's enough talent on the end of the bench to get them through those those heavily congested pictures okay well you brought me to, to two to two impasses uh the first is we've got we've got a poll for the audience and it's uh do you do we think tfc is moving south for the winter uh so we might as well throw that one up and and get a vote there i'm going to throw mine in <laughs> and uh you mentioned roster depth which brings me to what are we going to do about erickson gallardo I mean, we've had this guy for, what is it, 1.5 years now. We've trotted him out. Um, you know, just just to circle back, it fills me with dread. I appreciate everything you said, but it fills me with dread that we now have to qualify TFC's performance based on whether it's like an even-numbered Sunday and the moon is in the right phase. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, in a year of asterisks, uh, of asterisks, you know, our team is now a walking asterisk, right? Like, well, you know, this and this has to, and everybody, you know, everybody's got to have their right socks on. Um, Erickson Gardo, you know, I don't want to single him out, even though I'm singling him out, but, you know, this guy is, he, he, it's not working. Uh, it's, it's just not working. I mean, what is he doing in training? Because when he's out there on the field, he looks like he's playing for a different team, if I'm being honest. So what do we do about Erickson Gallardo? I mean, I, I think everyone knows my answer, but uh, bearing in mind how complicated the transfer market is right now, bearing in mind that he's probably a distressed asset and we pay, we're probably paying, we're going to lose some money on a sale at this point. Uh, what's your opinion? Like, is there enough room on the TFC bench for, for uh, Flotsam? Yeah, I mean, he really has shown that he's a luxury player, hasn't he? And the, the problem is he hasn't shown to be a luxury player, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, he, 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 he comes off the bench and he plays a very individual game. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of screaming to see him over the past few games because nobody has seen it. It's always been Endo or, or Deleon ahead of him. And, uh, you know... Ideal uh, when you when you have a tan player of that uh, repute 
and uh, you know he comes in with that kind of CV. Um, you can say last year was a was an adjustment period, but I think that's ended now. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. adjusting to this new this new normal. That's not, that's not something that you you can use to defend him now. Uh, I think I'm going to say it was awful against uh, against Vancouver. Awesome. Um, and you can see why he wasn't. He, you know, he was terrible. And yeah. It's like who have you been training with? I agree with you. Is what he's been doing in training? Who have you been training with? Exactly. He, you know, when you see TFC puts out clips, they put out clips of uh, of training, and he looks like he's you know he's he looks like he's uh, embedded in the squad. And from what I've seen him being in the locker room last year, you know, he he, he seems happy there, and you know he's he's got his you know, everyone's got their closer friends in there and there. And, and he's got that, um, but it's just not working on the field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's obvious that Greg Vanny knows that, um, and they're just trying to put him out there. Maybe to put him on the shop window, I, I don't know. Um, incredibly hard to move him, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, without taking a significant loss, I don't think that that's a, a big deal to MLSC. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Not everyone's going to be. You know, a, a Chris Mavinga, if we talk about ten players, or, or you know, um, even even a Piatti in terms of in terms of what he brought, you know, he hasn't yep. scored a lot of goals. Clearly, an upgrade uh, from where where he, where they were before at that position. Uh, Gallardo's not, and mm-hmm. uh, that's something that yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like you could say it's just football, but at the end of the day, you don't have a limited amount of these ten spots, so you need to clear them out. So I'm kind of on that boat as well. I just don't see how it's going to happen uh, just because of the way everything's going in terms of the, the global transfer market and, and how the pandemic has affected everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, are we at the point where we buy out his contract if we have Tam? Uh, to do that, you'd have to have someone lined up behind him. Okay. Um, there's no point in really buying him out for no reason, right? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the training numbers, you, at least you keep him around, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're going to buy him out and he just sits and we and we don't see anybody else come in, then there's there's no reason to do that. So unless I just have someone lined up, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to usually use the buyout on him because there's no sense in terms of the the the, the, the and, and, and unless you have someone that's going to take his place. Any idea uh, the two of you when his contract expires? <laughs> I honestly have no idea off the top of my head. Uh, he was on loan, obviously, and then he was – was he – yeah, he was permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming they have options. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I, I don't know off yeah. the top of my head, unfortunately. No, no. I, I, I think it's it's coming up soon. It might have been a three-year contract or a two-year contract. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. My uh, my internet cut out there. I think uh, Gallardo's people got to me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, we, we were – we were talking a bit about uh, phase two, um, but of course there is one one more game left in phase one or phase 1.5 or whatever you uh, want to call it here. Um, you know, like that game against Montreal, what does Toronto FC need to do uh, differently in, in that match? Did you get that, sorry? Sorry, can you repeat my internet just cut up too now? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh no. No, my internet cut out too in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no yeah. worries. Yeah, just uh, Montreal or the the Montreal game tomorrow. What are the what are the keys and what do Toronto see have to do differently in that one? <laughs> well, simply score goals. I mean, <laughs> to me, 
uh, you know, it's been two games in a row now. I tweeted this out, two games in a row now where they've had 20-plus shots, you know, not on the target, but at least they created 20-plus shots. They had 60% more or more possession. Uh, they made, you know, like 90% passing. Um, all of that is happening in – it's not happening in the final third. And that is something that they need to figure out and fast. And it's, it's you know, to me, again, it's, it's can Josie give 70 minutes? Because if Josie can give 70 minutes and you play him the first 70 minutes, especially against Montreal, uh, bring on an Iowa Canola. Or if you want to start with him together, I don't see how that works, but you can. Maybe it's time to start kind of thinking outside the box. But to me, it's, you put your best pieces forward and you see what happens. And uh, that's, you know, getting as much out of Josie as you can to, to start the match. Uh, because I think that even, you know, even at his diminished play that we've seen over the past few months, he pops a few of those more than, than some of these other players have. And, and, and to me, um, even if he, if he draws the defenses away from uh, Piatti and Pozuelo, at least that gives him a closer look at goal. Uh, so yeah, to me, it, it's, it's squirrels. And to, to do that, I think it's to get Josie as many minutes as possible from the start. Yeah, before we let you go, um, obviously the the winner um, of this MLS or of this MLS Inter Canadian uh, competition will play against uh, a Canadian Premier League side in the final. Uh, from what you've seen so far, which which Canadian Premier League side do you think would give an MLS side the the most trouble? You know, I want to say Halifax just because I have a soft spot for them, uh, and they're and they're playing a very exciting brand of soccer. Uh, I just don't run a gun as much. Uh, so to me, it's going to be a boring answer. It's probably going to be Calvary just because they know how to muck things up and play a little bit more defensively uh, and even a forge. But for me, it's Calvary. If I had to rank them, Calvary, forge, then, then Halifax, just because I think Halifax will make it a fun game. Yeah. No love for Pacific, eh? <laughs> uh, Pacific, I think they 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 got through uh, based on a bit of luck anyway, and I don't think they're lucky. No, I think he answered, and we just heard the, the beginning of it. Um, yeah, no, thank 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 you so much for for joining the show this week. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, sometimes you know you live by the Zoom, you die by the Zoom sometimes. But um, no, we got we got the good majority of what uh, what you had to say. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you week. so much, Rudy. Yeah, sorry. No worries, no worries. Me, guys. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, thanks again to Rudy Schuler from DAZN Canada. Um, yeah, again, a, a lot of things to digest from from what he had to say there, and. Um, a lot more to talk about uh, when it comes to Toronto FC. Uh, something we didn't really, we brought up, you know, for just a moment there, but certainly was was kind of the turning point for me in all of this, uh, of course, with the Pozuelo Piatti penalty thing. Uh, <laughs> I can already see do the we, look. Do on we have to talk about face. it? I mean, it was, it was, it was atrocious. It was, yeah, it feels yeah. like the, the TSN turning point. Like, I mean, I, I had to pick my all of my internal organs up off to the off the floor after I did that, and, and you know there there is some there is some truth to the matter that had it gone in, we probably would have celebrated it to the same level as his audacious Chip Penenka debut, mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, on our sister show, uh, you know Quentin Westberg uh, said these guys are paid to be creative. That's their 
that's their you know that's their uh, modus operandi so you mm-hmm. don't want to you don't want to kneecap that creativity um but I never want to see that again. I mean, no. at, at, the, at the very least, I don't want to see that when we're down 1-0 and, uh, you know, our PK taker that was working nine out of 10 attempts uh, mm. decides to just throw it away. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the MLS Mothership uh, articles, I think Andrew Weeby said it, uh, that uh, the one positive takeaway is obviously that Pozuelo and Piotti are best buddies and that they're willing mm-hmm. to try stuff like that. And I think that that, absolutely is a positive but holy crap guys like uh you know we're we're supposed to be a professional soccer team and that just that just seemed a little bush league for my taste and and you know we've we've said it enough times over the course of the show uh you know is our overconfidence our weakness uh and to to try something like that against our biggest rival in in a game of this importance all signs point to yes it's it, it, it's not a debate I would will I'd be willing to take the devil's advocate perspective on. Yeah, no, I I think I think yeah, as you mentioned, if you're looking for signs of overconfidence, that's the that's the uh, peak one was right there. I don't know. I kind of blame stats guy Martin Bailey. He definitely tweeted out something about uh, an assist record that Pozuelo could be breaking, and Paz saw it and tried to tried to pick up an extra assist there. I think. <laughs> I think that's my that's my take on the whole thing. But mm-hmm. um, the other the other thing that I, even when I saw Toronto FC get that penalty, I, I wanted Josie to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have this guy who you know doesn't he just looks devoid of confidence right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he wouldn't have passed it. That's for sure. Well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you just want you just want your striker who's you know having difficulty finding the back of the net right now to to open his account. And I thought that was a perfect opportunity to just let Josie step up. Josie's good at penalties and um, yeah, take that opportunity. So I didn't necessarily want Puzzwell on that ball at all. I know you mentioned I did. I, I mean, I did. Record, I mean, but... his, his record previous to the debacle was fantastic. Right. So, you know, had Josie stepped up to the, to the spot, I probably would have been like, but he's nine for 10 and penalties mm-hmm. are kryptonite. So can we just not let Mr. Hotfoot, you know, keep, keep taking them? Um, we got uh, two questions here. Uh, one is with respect to Julian Dunn over at Valor. Uh, it's from George, and uh, he's doing great at Valor. George, he was he's he's a he's a showpiece there. I mean, he's obviously of a level of quality that uh, he can really shine in the CPL. Um, you know, I thought uh, Valor looked a lot more connected than they did in season one, and some of that was a consequence of having a stronger backline. Um, George's second question: Is he in 2021? starting 11 for TFC? I don't know. I don't know. But it folds into a question from producer Kev, which was, was Laurent Simon at fault for all three goals in the Vancouver game? And do we have any center backs in the academy pipeline? Which circles right back to Julian Dunn because he is a center back in the pipeline. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't think there's anyone, even, even Julian Dunn, as good as he's looked, I don't think there's any of the young center backs who would necessarily be confident saying you're going to step into the 2021 starting 11. Um, but I do think they need help there. And I do think, uh, you know, in, in some ways it's a structural issue as much as it is a personnel issue. If you want to go back to Laurent Simon, we can start about or start on the defensive concerns. I mean, it's the same blueprint to beat Toronto FC. And um, I think Vancouver certainly figured it out. Montreal figured it out after a couple of games, which is just, you sit and press high on their number six you know, force their defenders to play their passes through the midfield and then 
create chaos off of that and be that set yeah. pieces, which Toronto FC can't defend um, when they're forced to foul you because you're breaking through, as as was the case with Simon a few times, or just beating them outright. And, mm-hmm. you know, they play such a high line, which doesn't make sense to me, especially when, like, going into the season, I would have told you Omar Gonzalez was the most important Toronto FC defender. I think it's Chris Mavinga because no one else is able to get back like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of, when teams are playing them properly and they're not scoring and not taking their chances, then it really disbalances them because then Westberg's way out of his net because they press him so high to clean up stuff. And I know he's a good sweeper keeper, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was putting a lot of, a lot of onus on him to, uh, to do everything. a job. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Clean up his back line. And it puts a lot of pressure and I'm not making full excuses for what I thought was a bit of a disappointing performance from Liam Frazier, but Mm-hmm. When you're in that sixth position, first off, you've got a guy sitting on you, and, and that makes it difficult to, to make passes. But you also are so cognizant of the fact that if you turn over this ball, you could be in big trouble. Um, and we didn't see the same kind of line-breaking passes from Liam that we're used to. We saw a lot of the time he'd get the ball and just kind of shift it to the guy next to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's because on a few occasions, you know, Liam was the furthest man back. He was the guy stopping the, the defense. Yeah. What happened to Mitch? Mitch is locked in thought. And I really want to know what the end of his statement was. There he is. No. I'll start. Where, where'd, we, uh, where'd we lose me at? Oh, God, I don't remember because I was improving for about 15 seconds. So, uh-oh. Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you were talking about um, uh, uh, stuff. You were talking about TFC, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, Liam passing to the side. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, because he's so concerned about on a couple of occasions, he was the last man back um, and, and had to sweep up there. So, you know, I I think, and again, you can see it on set pieces. Why are, why are they playing such a high line on set pieces when they don't have quick defenders who can get back if they get the line wrong? Um, it, it's it's kind of confusing me right now, and I think it's... It reminds me of... Is, oh, sorry, I was just stepping in. No, go this. ahead. Well, it reminds me a bit of the, the LAFC kind of aesthetic, you know, the, the, the sort of style that Bob Bradley preaches, which is you know, we might ship five goals, but we're going to score six. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, if, if there was a gun to my head, I would take that, you know, devil may care what's defense style of soccer over the parking the bus style any day of the week, any month of the year. But um, it's pretty obvious that if TFC don't score first, uh, the game is a, is a different beast entirely in a way that I think is above and beyond, you know, the, the, the standard common sense. Of course, the game's going to be different when you're chasing the game. I just find when TFC chase the game, uh, they lose a certain amount of cohesion. And, and the other thing that drives me crazy is that when you flip the center back pairing, they look lost out there, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not covering for each other. And, and when you're going to have, like you said, a ridiculously high line, uh, you know, on, on set plays that you're, let's be honest, kind of crappy at this year. If you're going to stick to that to that high line of confrontation, well, then people have to cover each other. So what's what's the solution? Do we do a double pivot where we have two number sixes? So if Bradders is is absolutely crushed, we have Liam Frazier filling in his, his position. I, I know we lose a midfielder, but is that not a better solution since all of our play goes through a number six to have two when we're in when we're in trouble? It just seems, I mean, I'm not a coach, so it just, Mm -hmm. it seems obvious to me, but it almost never happens, you know? And, and the one time that we saw 
uh, Bradley and Frazier together, I think he was he was like sort of he was sort of fading back into an almost center back, like another center back, Liam, as opposed to pushing and, and, and being a double pivot. And oh my God, here comes Michael Singh to bring bring all the knowledge. Yeah, Michael, thanks for on uh, the last five. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I missed you guys. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. We're having we're at Zoom is really is really uh, kicking our ass today. But uh, we're, super sub Michael Singh, tell us all about what happened. <laughs> I got you guys, man. So I'm sure you heard. I was just speaking with uh, Greg Vanny. I actually got to talk to Io as well, um, and they're both kind of, I guess, reiterating the same kind of sentiment. Is just that this is a must-win game for Toronto FC, as I'm sure you guys have talked about. Um, Greg Vanny, in a way, called it kind of like a their their final, um, mm. and I I sort of I, I feel that because it is their last game of this sort of Canadian Championship uh, MLS kind of version of games, and uh, you know their their last game of Phase One of the MLS is back. They don't really have any certainty after this, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they were just they're really the hammering down on the fact that. You know, this this is a must-win game. This will be treated like a final. Um, and in terms of, you know, we got some injury updates too. We, we got some positive news from about Richie, Richie Larea. Um, seems like he's come along. He's been in some practices. And Vanny said that hopefully he will be available for tomorrow. So if I had to guess, I would say that he'd probably be, uh, you know, filling that super sub role like he's done so very well you know mm-hmm, and a couple times this season you know supplementing justin Moore there on the left hand side or even on the left wing or right right mid this guy can play anywhere so yeah pretty much yeah. um anything well, about mullins expect that yeah patch mullins is still still off you know he uh he won't be available um chris mavinka will be available we heard um on saturday i think that yeah saturday was the last match um it was turf that was kind of keeping him off. There's kind of this lingering ankle injury that he's had for about two years now. Um, it's sort of kind of a treatment for that, I guess, is to avoid turf. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's why we didn't see uh, Chris Mavinga for, for most of uh, Saturday night. Um, I think same thing there goes with Josie, who's also nursing kind of like an ankle injury, like, a, and again, an, an ongoing angle and injury but uh it sounds like he'll he'll be in the mix so um cool. it's for the most part well we will see most of tsc squad nice stad saputo is is grass right it's not turf as far as i remember mm, yeah, it's yeah, grass yeah yeah. Okay. yeah it's not it's not beautiful cis grass like our pitch but it is <laughs> it is grass they didn't they didn't pay for the upgrade that then got spiked up <laughs> into into ob- oblivion uh um what were we going to say? Uh, you did want to talk about, Oh, the Bradley, did we get a Bradley injury update? Uh, Bradley's still weeks away. Um, okay. Like, yeah, I think the first time that we talked to uh, or I heard about the Bradley news, it said that Vanny said it'd be weeks, not months, but he mm. did emphasize the fact that it would be weeks. So I'm, I'm assuming about five, six, seven weeks, probably. Well, that's months. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's not months technically, right? Yeah. Eight, weeks, eight, weeks yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight weeks is two months. Come on, eight weeks is two months. It's not it's not months. It's weeks. It's eight of them, so it's not. Months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, um, and, like, yeah, seven and under. Day. Seven and under. It's not months. It's it's a month and change. I mean, can we say fortnights? Why don't we just say fortnights? <laughs> uh, uh, 
Mitch, the only thing I think that's on the rundown that we didn't cover was Baldissimo's impressive performance for Pacific FC, uh, which you had listed as something to talk about. Oh, wrong Baldissimo. We were talking about yeah. the Vancouver one who scored the absolute Let's screamer against Toronto that, FC. Let's not talk yeah. Oh, that guy. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's not. Yeah, let's. I don't. I, I crossed nah, it off. It was a good hit, man. Good for him. And yeah. Sally was yeah. even better. Yeah. Oh, that was the double flip, triple, triple axle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Text games mode. Yeah. Nine out, of, <laughs> nine out of 10 for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Mike, you missed our polls, and, and one of them was uh, the. Erickson Gallardo Appreciation Society. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, what happened? What happened there? Are we uh, able just... to run the run the polls back before we finish up here? The the results. We don't know. Maybe don't know we'll maybe we'll collect them uh, and and bring yeah, them yeah. next Tuesday for <laughs> everyone. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. One hundred percent. Sell Erickson Gallardo. Yeah, that is uh, not Come not on. incredibly surprising. I wasn't there to protect my boy. You know, that's not <laughs> big. I'm a big Erickson Gallardo advocate. Oh man, I can't wait until you change your mind. Well, you know what? Change my mind. Let I I I am perfectly willing for him to change my mind. You know, he's in he's in a tough role right now. He has to find some consistency in the side, and you have to displace to do so. You have to displace Ozo or Pablo Piatti or. Um, you know, Josie Altador up front, I guess. Um, yeah. Wait, he can play as a striker? <laughs> I mean, I think he could. I think that's all. I think that's one of his best positions, to be honest, is playing on the shoulder of a defender. And mm-hmm. even as like a right forward, almost, he, he, he's not as great when he's tracking back. I think it's just when he's getting forward, being aggressive is when he's at his best. And I, I think that's also something Greg Vanny's echoed. He, he was asked, I think, about a week, a week or two ago, um, he was asked if there was like a player that kind of replicated what he thought Erickson Gallardo could be. And believe it or not, that player was Diego Rossi. Um, of LAFC and that's just because of how aggressive Erickson Gallardo can be how direct he can be when he gets the ball Erickson Gallardo is looking for goal so mm-hmm. when you pull him away f- further away from that I think he becomes less effective and um, so yeah so he's just kind of in this sort of tough situation right now because he's in a side that doesn't really fit his sort of nature mm-hmm. but he does he's a TAM player and I don't think it's an excuse for him to not be able to you know, impact something off the bench and he has to be yeah. a little bit better. And, I you know, mean, it, he has yeah. to also be given opportunity too. Right? Do you think he yeah. has been given opportunity? I mean, obviously, you know, not a ton of minutes, but this is a, you know, it, it, there's only 11 players that can play uh, every game, right? you got to work your way into the lineup. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we've seen quite a bit of him. Uh, I, I feel comfortable making an opinion about his place in the team right now. And uh, I, I eagerly await to be proven wrong, but you know, I got a poll. I can, I can use that. Poll. <laughs> <laughs> your, your statistical uh, analysis there is. <laughs> Watch um, out, Martin yeah. Bailey! I'm coming with polls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up the show this week, especially with the the Erickson Gallardo point. Toronto FC not as great when they're tracking back, uh, but uh, don't uh, don't forget to check out our sister show. Footy Talks Weekly every Thursday at noon. Christian Jack, Stephen Caldwell, Luke Wildman. Uh, appointment viewing, in my opinion, for Toronto FC fans. Uh, they have a lot of good stuff there. And thanks again to Sophia for bearing with us and Pole Master Kevin for his work today. <laughs> um, and, of course, Rudy Schuler from DAZN. Uh, Jeff and Michael, thanks, uh, thanks as always for hopping on. 
course. And uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, bearing through all the technical difficulties. We'll be back next day. Next week. Next Tuesday. That's what he said. Technical difficulty. That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all getting a Wi-Fi.